0: Everybody and welcome to Comic Club, your friendly neighborhood comic book podcast. I'm your host, Blaine McGaffigan, and I'm joined as always by Adam, Adman Cook. What's up, dude? Oh, not much, Blaine. Great to be here. Yes, we are streaming live today from Comic Club. Cave, the Comic-Cave. The comic The Comic-Cave. That's right. Each month we read a new comic or graphic novel and break it down in the show. This is our spoiler-free shorter episode where we introduce which book we are reading and chat about our first impressions, including The Bare Bones, who this comic is for, and judging a book by its cover. This month we are reading Batman Hush. Adam, give us The Bare Bones. So, Batman
1: Hush is telling us a story about the world's greatest detective caught up in a mystery of his own where someone is pulling the strings from behind the scenes. We don't know who, we don't know why, but it involves some of the best Batman villains and there's a grand scheme that has yet to be revealed. And we got to find out who is Hush. Blaine, why did we choose
0: Hush for this month? All right. It's no secret, if you've listened to Comic Club before, Batman is Comic Club's favorite hero. Me and Adam both love the guy, and so we decided each year we're going to have a Bat Month. Now, last year was our first year as Comic Club, and I think that you know landed pretty early in like uh, July or August, and this one moved first, to November. First month
1: was Bat Month.
0: That's right, yeah. So it, it's a moving target bat month is uh, you never know you know are we you know spelling out some sort of secret with which month we're going to release adam is this some sort of you know riddler-esque clue that you have to solve as a listener could be i don't know i don't know but all i know is that each month each year we are going to do a bat month and we kicked it off with batman hush adam tell me what is your experience with hush have you read this before give me your history on this comic I have read Hush before. It's been a while, so
1: I have a vague recollection of some of the plot points, but I don't actually remember the big reveal at the end and how it worked out, and I had to hold myself back from getting on Wikipedia to check it out. I'm just going to let it happen. But I remember reading it a few years ago, um, hard to say how long ago. It's one of those big... Batman stories that I feel constantly get recommended by other Batman fans, bat fans. And, um, just one of the big notable ones, Jeff Loeb, the author is, uh, just one of the big writers of Batman who's done some of the best, best stories. And it's one that really every bat fan and, you know, comic fan should check out at some point. What about you? Have you read hush before this?
0: I have. And I wanted to touch on the creators real fast. Um, First of all, this is numbers Batman 608 through 619 in 2002 to 2003. Adam mentioned it's written by Jeff Loeb, penciled by the great now publisher of DC Comics, Jim Lee and his frequent collaborators, Scott Williams, who inks all of his pencils, and Alex Sinclair, who typically colors his stuff. And Adam, Batman Hush. Okay. Okay. I same as you. I read it forever ago, and I am two issues in, and it unlocked something again for me, which is that I realized how pivotal this comic is in Blaine's personal history. So if you Ooh. go back and you know listen to our zero issue, me and Adam talk about our history of getting into comics. Everything that I had read up to this point, and I read this shortly after graduating college, was all contained graphic novels and uh, separate arcs like Sandman, Dark Knight Returns. They were all in their own world and in their own universe. And again, I had heard about Batman Hush and I decided to crack it open. And this is the first in continuity story of DC that I really remember. So unlike the killing joke, unlike again, Dark Knight Returns, or even Batman Year One, which we read. And Year One happened in the single issues, but it is so self-contained. This one's pretty self-contained, but it is so continuity-driven. And from the get-go, Killer Croc, uh, Huntress is showing up. And I'm like, who's Huntress? I'm like, Oracle, who are all these people? And this was my first introduction to like the Bat family and how they have developed from the Batman and Robin that we know from the the movies and from the Batman, the animated series. I mean, these characters have been through so much that I didn't even know about. I didn't even really know about the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. I didn't know about, I didn't even know who Huntress was. I had to look her up. And again, like this, it, it put the Batman in a continuity that I then ravenously followed up with. I kept reading more and more of the sort of monthly books and learning more and more about the history of Batman and how we got to this point and what came after. So it is like a huge book for me. And then we're going to get into it with judging book by its cover, but Jim Lee's art, good Lord, Adam. Oh
1: man, this art is great. Just you can just sink your teeth into it.
0: But yeah, I love what you
1: said about that as being your one of your first entry points into the monthly editions because it is such a good, it is a story that has a conclusion after a certain amount of episodes or issues, but it allows you to get into this world. It gives you the good, that entry point that a lot of people have a hard time finding because it really does introduce you to a lot of characters and it doesn't seem too rooted in wherever it was in the continuity at that point. You know, you're not having, it didn't start with a bunch of, expository background info um it feels like a a natural point to just start the story and yeah that's you know it it almost feels like it could be its own self-contained graphic novel but then it it fit right into whatever issues it was 608 through 619
0: and and that's exactly right i mean we've seen in the past five to ten years of batman comics that these writers now do 100-issue runs, and you cannot jump in in the middle anymore. They're telling these mega, mega arcs, and it's a testament to Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee here who write this continuity-rich story, but is a perfect jumping-on point. Again, you don't need to go back and read any of the, pr- of the f- stuff that came before to really be caught up. You can read between the lines to figure out who these characters are, um, but man, this one is... Awesome. Adam, I'm going to hit you with a couple quick questions. Um where would you say for readers this fits on the Batman realism spectrum? So you have Year 1, Dark Knight, you know, returns films on like the ultra realistic side, and then we have kind of like, you know, the monster side, the um, you know, Man-Bat and crazy science stuff over here. Where do you think this fits in that scale?
1: That's a great question. I love, I like this concept of the Batman realism scale. Cause it's something that they play with a lot. You definitely think of Batman as being one of the more grounded in reality comic stories, which is yes. pretty crazy. Cause it's still Batman. Um, I think that this is somewhere in the middle. That's kind of a, a cop out answer, but there are definite elements where they want to introduce stakes. This isn't going to give away anything too much. Um, But Batman gets injured very early on. And that kind of realism, the scope of his injuries hint at that lean towards just trying to really ground it in reality and make it seem, you know, that he could die at any time. But at the same time, we got Killer Croc. And this is a highly. Lizard like version of Killer Crocs. Oh, yeah. Sometimes he's really humanoid and just has scales or something like that. Yeah. This, he's, he's a monster, a dinosaur that can, he's still like talk. a muke. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Poison Ivy is going to come in not too long, you know, into the run. And right. she's a pretty fantastical version. She's kind of got plants growing on her, in her. Yeah. Um, so I would say that maybe even this is leaning more towards the, the fantastical side. Definitely, if you're comparing this to something like year one, this is much more into the, the comic book, yeah. um, you know, cartoony version of, I of Batman.
0: Agree with everything you said. And I think, you know, if you've watched Batman, the animated series, it's kind of like that, right? It follows that kind of where it does feel like a rooted, grounded Gotham City, but there are, you know, almost surreal, magical things that are happening, like you're saying. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hit you with two more questions uh real quick before we head over to who this comic is for. So, r- real fast, fire off these. I love it. Should Batman have a girlfriend? What do you think about Batman having a relationship? He's always
1: caught between his sense of duty and his lonerism and his uh, – desire to connect with someone um he's too guarded you know i love the idea of batman having a love interest and it just perpetually never working out because that's sadly a lot of these superheroes they're doomed to never have that kind of love in their lives because they have to sacrifice too much
0: yes and especially batman okay and then lastly What is your take on the Bat family? Do you have a a favorite Bat family member? You know, there's like the A squad and then maybe like a B squad. And this this will be something we'll follow up with in our full episode as we kind of talk about more about the characters. Ooh, I mean,
1: it's hard to say where my ranking would take us. I think, you know, I'm not going to lie. I like, I'm a fan of the boy Wonder. I like Dick Grayson, especially when he grew up, became Nightwing. Then came back and became Batman. I liked yep. his arc a lot, and I always uh-huh. really liked his interplay with Batman because Batman needs a little smoothing on those rough edges. But I thought it was funny how you said there are like you know A Squad, B Squad there before Huntress is introduced. She's just referenced as H, and I couldn't even remember who it was. Right, Trying to think who H would be. I was like, Harley Quinn? That doesn't make any sense. Um, So there's definitely a hierarchy in the Bat family. Do you have a favorite?
0: Um, I got to second what you're saying about Dick Grayson. I mean, he is legit the best. And then I think (sighs) – as far as B Squad goes, it gets a little tricky, and and there is a Bat Girl, and oh Lord is is her name Cassandra Kane that ca- comes later, yeah. Who I have always loved. She wears the suit where it's all it's all black, even covering her face because she doesn't speak in the early runs. And there's like Bat, there's like stitching across her. She appeared in No Man's Land, and I've always always loved her because she's like among the best fighters. She was trained by the League of Assassins too, so she she's among my favorite. Squad, but honestly, I love Huntress, man, and and the designs that Jim Lee does here, where he, she's got that really pointy mask. She is so cool, and she's got, actually got a really cool backstory in history that we might explore next episode.
1: Yeah, Huntress is a good choice. She, um, I remember her coming into, I want to say Arrow one of those CW shows where that was a big character. And honestly, I think that was my first real deep dive into Huntress because folks, I had a pretty serious CW, um, DC show phase in my life. I was watching the air. I watch an arrow. I'm watching the flash. I'm watching Supergirl. Okay. What else was there? Legends of tomorrow. I did it all.
0: All of it, dude. Yeah. I, I never got into those and Lord knows maybe one day I'll have to, um, all right. I, I, I just love that and, we, and it will be something we explore every Bat month because I think the Bat family is one of Batman's key things here. You know, he's got Alfred the father, he's got Gordon the you know, the sort of um sidekick who works in the system, mm-hmm. you know, but he's a broken boy who who has lost his family. And as a result, he builds a family around him. And you always think of Batman as the loner, but he's actually assembling the family around him. And I think that is such an interesting quality of him that I love when writers explore. All right, let's move it on. We are going to move it on to who this comic is for. We've talked, we've flirted around some of this, but we have some more answers for you. This is where we break down who we think is the perfect audience for this month's book. I'll kick it off. First up. If you're a fan of Wildstorm Comics or generally 90s comic art, this is for you. Fans of
1: Marvel Netflix shows. Surgeons.
0: Mystery genre fans. Fans of the Batman rogues gallery and the extended Bat family. And people that use the phrase rogues gallery. It's me, baby. This comic is for me. This
1: comic is for Blaine, and if you fall into any of those categories or any other categories, it's for you as well.
0: That's right. Everybody join the comic club and read this essential Batman book with us. Um, Before we move on to the next segment, um, again, I was talking about how critical this is. I am holding up a picture for Adam to see here. I was like... I was telling y'all how much I love this comic and I, it sparked a memory to me where I was like, this artwork was so influential to me that I did a sketch in my sketchbook. And you know, I I can draw Adam, you know, I I've been known to, you know, pick up the pen every once in a while. And this was me doing a Jim Lee thing where Batman and Catwoman are kissing on a rooftop. And I just straight up copied it in pen and ink. And I have it in this, um, I'll share it on Instagram. With that everybody is great. As well.
1: You have got to get that up on the Instagram for our yeah. comic club
0: fans. And, I love and, that. and again, yeah, after reading this, it just sparked that memory in me. I'm like, oh, I got to go find my my old notebooks because I remember how much I loved this. And again, just seeing Batman and Catwoman, I was like, they have a whole relationship that I didn't even know was really there. So let's get it over to the art itself. This is judging a book by its cover, where we'd like to imagine ourselves walking through a comic shop and happen upon the book sitting on a shelf. What would we think about the cover? What does it say about what's inside? How cool is the logo? And everything else, Adam, let's judge this book by its cover.
1: Okay, there are a few covers that we might get into in this discussion. I'm going to kick it off with the one that I have seen the most. I think this is the first one that I actually read, and that's um, the The Complete Hush which collects all those individual episodes into trade paperback. And this one is very much playing into the dichotomy of Batman, right? It's so, you know, it's so obvious that it splits his body down the middle and half of him is the traditional bat costume, cape and cow. The other half is a mysterious figure, shadowy, wrapped in bandages all from, you know, covering their head and wearing a big trench coat Kind of just evoking classic mystery genre um, vibes and some of the hallmarks of those sort of pulpy novels where you sort of you can tell the mood of this just by looking at the cover beyond that there's a lot going on. We've got some kind of sketch drawings in the background, and there's a lot of people we don't even know who all of them are. It looks like we got Bruce Wayne, we got some friends we got Joker, and then. In front of him, there's just a ton of villains to sink your teeth into and make you wonder how they all got into this story together. There's Catwoman, there's Huntress, there's Harley Quinn, there's Killer Croc. There's just a ton going on on this cover, and I feel like anyone that loves Batman is bound to at least take a peek into that. And I love the title, one word in big, bold block letters, HUSH right across the cover. It's just very striking.
0: Oh, man, I'm so glad you said that about the title because I was going to as well. It, it it just draws you in. Hush, what does that mean? It, 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 what do we have to be quiet about? Is that a person? What's going on here? And yeah, there's a lot of mystery in that cover. I love and something even getting into issue two. Um, there are some flashback sequences where Jim Lee is drawing... Kind of that sketchy style, like you were talking about, those kind of pencily, almost like uh, painterly style work. Mm-hmm. Um, that is in the background here, where it's not the hard black lines, and it's kind of interesting. It's showing another um, phase of Jim Lee, who is just a freaking master. I mean, this dude is—he draws kind of like an essential Batman in my mind. It's so classic. And, oh my god, um, the boots. The, the boots dude He he's always kicking out and you can see all the what, what do they call that all the uh, the
1: indentation or whatever like the grip yeah, the, the tread the on the bottom yeah the yeah. soles it's so he, he put so much care into it it's like he designed the soles of these boots bat boots, bat and, boots. And yeah
0: you can almost because i always keep trying to look it's like it has a w so it's like yeah. wayne tech or whatever yeah. so you're trying to like you know he's he really you know got deep into design and i love it whenever people pay attention to stuff like that um Again, just like when the costume, there's so much you can do with the bat suit, and even early on, you know, this is no this is not a spoiler because this is like issue one, but there's like a person who is like trying to grab Batman and his suit like has these on his mask like opens up and shoots like a puff of like toxin at him or something yeah. like that. And like the defensive mechanism on his suit is so cool. I love when the suit's explored,
1: yeah, me too. There's just so much fun you can have, I think as both a writer and an artist just thinking, okay, what else could Batman have on his suit? How could he get out of this jam? How has he thought about this and equipped his suit to protect him in this situation? Cause Batman folks, he's the smartest superhero. He's the world's greatest detective. He's thought of everything.
0: He's thought of everything. He's planned for everything. A lot of the people just fly by the seat of their pants. I'm, I'm looking at you, Superman, but, uh, You know, that's why Batman always gets one up on him. You know what I mean? So, all right, real fast. I wanted to touch on a couple more editions. You know, whenever you have comics that are this essential to the library, you know DC is going to put out a couple other editions. So I wanted to call out because I am reading Batman Hush, the 15th anniversary deluxe edition, which features, you know, a similar artwork to what I was um, showing Adam a second ago, which is Batman amongst a really cool cityscape of Gotham behind him whenever, you know, the city is just So tall and there's no blimps in this one, but I've always loved the GDPD blimps that hover around above Gotham city. Jim Lee always draw those. And then you see Catwoman holding up her finger saying hush to uh, Batman in a really kind of sultry way. Great cover. And it's got a, it's got a good intro by Jim Lee that I'm going to kind of go back and read when we do the full edition. And then again, if you're picking this up at home, there is a new edition called batman hush the new edition and it features you know the same thing batman the duality where it's it's his mask up close and then you see the bandages wrapped around one side um who who is that mysterious figure i don't know but just wanted to call that out so that if you're out there gonna pick up this book look for each of those covers and which one you know stands out to you and i love you know again art awards are gonna be crazy i've been screenshotting a lot of art in this comic adam Me too. I can't wait to get into it, man. That's right. And that's going to wrap it up for our first impressions. Join us in two weeks for our full spoiler-filled deep dive into Batman Hush. If you enjoyed today's show, tell a friend. Leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Everybody follow us at Comic Club Podcast across social. You can find me at Blaine McGaff on Twitter. I am Danger Adam on Instagram. And that's going to wrap it up for this month's episode. Adam. Comic Club out. Comic Club is brought to you from Upper Esh Media. This episode was edited by Adam J. Cook. Our intro and outro music is by Tiger Cup. Katie Livingston, at Living Kate, designed our logo. If you enjoyed the episode, tell a friend... Follow us on social, at Comic Club Podcast, and join our Facebook group to continue the conversation online. Remember, everyone, read more comics.